0: why 2023 absolutely has to be the year for the missouri tiger football team let's talk about that and update you on what tyler Beatty's up to in the nfl right now on locked on mizzou you are locked on mizzou your daily podcast on the missouri tigers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hail you sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for listening to this podcast, making it your first listen every day. We're of course free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, the Sirius XM app, Spotify, Apple podcasts, heck even on Amazon music ad free. So you name it, you'll find the podcast on that platform. I'll guarantee you that. But you know what? When it comes to the 2023 football season, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're almost there. Just one week away. Ah, good times. I cannot wait to be a little bit buzzed this time one week from today. But seriously, folks, I cannot wait for Missouri football because obviously I think this is going to be a good year. I did my game-by-game predictions, well, a little early this year. I did them all the way back in July now. And as of this moment, I have no real reason to change any of my predictions. And without going over it all over again, you can check it out in the archives if you like. I have the Tigers as an eight and four ball club being right inside the top 25. I think initially I said, Hey, I got them 16th. And eh, that's probably a little too high for an eight and four team after really looking at it. Let's say Missouri's the 21st team best team in the country that's kind of what I'm thinking right now because I just number one I like this defense a lot I've said it all offseason it starts with Ennis Rakestraw Chris Abrams Drain on the outside two really good linebackers and Tyron Hopper and Chad Bailey and by the way some really good defensive tackles up the middle a lot of depth at that position and the reason I actually bring up those three positions in particular is not only are they real strengths of this Missouri defense, but boy, those units are going to be looking a lot different in 2024. Now, we know for sure that for instance, on the inside, Jaden Jernigan, Josh Landry, Realis George, they're all gonna be they're all gonna be done with their eligibility next season. Darius Robinson, of course, gonna play a lot of three technique on the inside as well. He's gonna be done with his eligibility this season. I strongly suspect Christian Williams, who has NFL prospects for sure, he'll probably be moving on to the next level as well. Same deal with Chad Bailey, same deal with Tyron Hopper. Now, Chad Bailey is definitely done with eligibility. I think Hopper will just choose to move on, much like Kobe Brown did for the basketball team this past season, move on to the next level. I think he's proven about all he's going to prove in college. In fact, if it weren't for name, image, and likeness, I think a lot of these guys I've mentioned already probably wouldn't have returned this season. So honestly, as a Missouri fan, hey, thanks, guys, for coming back. I know you're doing it for your own reasons, but just as a Missouri fan, I'm, I'm definitely happy to see. You. I definitely don't feel entitled to another season from Ennis Rakestraw or 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 Jalen Carlisle or any of these guys. But the point here is that, man, I, th- I just think the Missouri defense this season has a chance to be great, one of the best defenses we've seen at Missouri in a long time, but boy, after next season, it's almost certain they're probably going to take a little bit of a step back. Obviously, the transfer portal in this day and age can mitigate a lot of that problem, but odds are if we're going to, if I am, I'll, I won't say we, I'll say me. How about that? If I am going to give the Tigers a ton of credit this season for having returning production on defense, well, it'd be pretty hypocritical for me to just hand wave away the lack of returning production on the defense next season. So what all of this adds up to is that makes really, this is a pressure packed season for the Tigers. I expect they're going to be pretty darn good, but at the same time, If they falter, not only is that whatever you think about Eli Drinkwitz' job security, next season is just not going to be looking nearly as up. I won't be as optimistic as I would be about this season. Let's put it that way, because unless I see major strides forward with the offense, it's just hard to believe that Missouri has a chance to be as good next year as they do this year. Unless, again, you enter the transfer portal, you get some plug-and-play guys, and, well, maybe Williams Winery really is that good. Maybe this guy comes in as a true freshman and just wrecks people. And that doesn't usually happen on the defensive line as a true freshman. So I want to be realistic here, but at the same time, if Winery truly is a generational-type prospect – well, maybe he can come in and immediately be not only an impact player, but a borderline star immediately. And we've actually seen it at Missouri before. In fact, about 25 years ago, now Justin Smith stepped onto campus in 1998 and was just immediately, not only a difference maker, but frankly, a men among boys and a guy that just I don't know, was well ahead of his time in so many different ways, I think. Not only because he was just so mature physically at at a at a young age, but also a real workout warrior from what I understand and all that stuff and regardless whatever it was, man, you look back at his at his NFL career, one of the all-time absolute just total Non-injury guys. His durability is just beyond question. The guy, as far as I can miss, as far as I can tell, missed two, perhaps three games in a 14-season career in the NFL. You go look at his game log. It's game started 16, 16, 16, 16, 16. It's pretty unbelievable. I know I'm getting off on a little bit of a rant here, but Justin Smith, I really think he's become underrated almost by Mizzou fans just I think that's kind of natural as time goes along here the younger generation current Missouri Missouri students well they aren't old enough to remember Justin Smith playing at Missouri certainly and since Justin retired from the NFL in 2014 well not a lot of time to see him there but amazingly all of Justin's five Pro Bowl nods by the way took place in his 30s. He was a first-team All-Pro in his 30s, 2 times second-team All-Pro. And by the way, if you look at pro football focus in his late 20s, a couple first-team All-Pro nods there as well. So a guy who made multi, multi multi-millions of dollars, seven seasons with the Bengals, seven seasons with the 49ers. I mean, really, a guy who's never going to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but Gosh, he's kind of borderline. If you think about it, just an unbelievable career for him. And you know, again, all I'm trying to do is say that yes, it has happened here at Missouri before. So could Williams Winery be a Justin Smith type of player? I think eventually, absolutely he can. I still think it's still hard for any to believe that anybody could be as impressive as Smith was as a true freshman on what was a good Missouri team. But heck. If anybody can do it, it sounds like it's Williams-Wanary. And while obviously Justin Smith is one of my favorite Tigers of all time, you know what, in recent years I think Tyler Beatty might be my favorite Tiger, at least of the Eli Drinkwitz era, maybe the Barry Odom era you include, just the whole post-Pinkle era, I, maybe Tyler Beatty might be my guy. I always just really enjoyed him as a player. So you know what, I wanted to give you an update on his NFL status right now. The Denver Broncos brought him in this past season more or less to be their third running back. Well, how's how's that going so far here in training camp? I want to tell you what's happening with my man, Tyler Beatty, coming up. But first, I want to tell you that for a championship team, it's really all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Just because, just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay, mo- eBay Motors, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on eBayMotors.com. Let's ride! eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And whether you're into Major League Baseball, college sports, U.S. Open tennis, the Tour Championship going on right now in golf, you can find it all on the SiriusXM app. But you know what I want to talk about? Yes, my man, Tyler Beatty. You know, I really was hoping Tyler would make the Ravens last year. The Baltimore Ravens, of course, just didn't happen. But you know what? Beatty came into the summer very much looking like the number three running back for the Denver Broncos. But so far during training camp, it hasn't all quite gone to plan for Tyler because, well, the Broncos have an undrafted rookie named Jaleel McLaughlin, who at this point has really been impressive. That's the word from Broncos camp anyway. I can't say I've spent a ton of time watching preseason football this year. You'll have to forgive me for that. But as all of you fantasy football players are aware of, clearly Javante Williams is the number one there. Samaje Pirine, a pretty solid number two. So it's not as though Tyler Beatty... Is going to be a fantasy relevant player this season. But I think the point here, the good news for Tyler is that although he's been a little bit banged up so far, I think he returned to practice this week at the very least on a limited basis. I think maybe he was a full go. I don't have that information in front of me. I apologize. But regardless, Beatty back at practice, that's a good sign. On the other hand, though, if if this, if this kid, this Jaleel McLaughlin kid, if they're really impressed with him, it sounds like it's going to be a battle probably to make the final third running back on the roster between those two. Now, here's the good news for Tyler. If he doesn't make the Broncos, I believe, based on everything that I've read, that if he's put on waivers, somebody will scoop him up. Now, maybe it won't be... Maybe he'll end up on somebody's practice squad, something like that. I'm not totally sure. But in my opinion, I think there's a better chance than not that Tyler ends up on somebody's NFL roster, if not the Denver Broncos. I even think Beatty has enough value, again, just based on the breadcrumbs that I've been able to scoop up off the floor here, I just think that there's even a decent chance he could be traded here before the cutdown just so the Broncos could get some kind of value from a player that, again, probably will be scooped up on waivers, in my opinion. So while this isn't great news necessarily for Beatty that maybe he's on the cusp of of the final cuts here for the Broncos, at the same time, I think he'll land on his feet if he doesn't make it. And let's transition to basketball here. For just a little bit, I've given Dennis Gates some credit for really stepping up Missouri's basketball non-conference schedule here in his second season. I think he probably, if he had known in retrospect, I think if he had known how good his squad was going to be last year, he may have stepped up that schedule in November last year as well. I honestly think that team was even better than Gates himself expected. But having said that, you had to expect the last couple games or so were going to be fairly easy competition to round out the schedule here for Missouri. Most of the schedule has been a set, but one game that has been added here just recently, November 25th at home against Loyola. And no, not Loyola, Chicago of Sister Jean fame, the team that made The Final Four a few years ago, and no, not Loyola Marymount either. No, we're we're talking Loyola Maryland. Can we think of one thing about that program in history? Because I cannot. If you can name their their mascot, one player who's ever played for them in history, well, you know what? I'll send you a free podcast. But. So there you go. Probably a likely blowout there for the Tigers around around Thanksgiving. Probably a good time to schedule that particular game. And also a very, very happy anniversary to what is, in my opinion, now the funniest tweet in sports history. This is now from three years ago, August twenty fourth, two thousand. And twenty one. Yes, the world has changed immensely since that particular date, but no more so than in the sports world. With this, this tweet from the Big Ten. Again, this was three years ago. Today, the Big Ten, the ACC, and Pac twelve announce an historic alliance that will bring 41 world-class institutions together on a collaborative approach surrounding the future evolution of college athletics. <laughs> that is just that is just fantastic stuff there from the Big Ten. Incredible. So basically the Big Ten was saying, hey, Pac-12, get into an alliance with us so we can, well, stab you in the back. My goodness, one of the all-time great tweets there by the Big Ten. Really I- incredible stuff. That is some some—that is some amazing Jedi mind-tricking. In fact, I'm impressed. I really am. And coming up, speaking of the times and how they are a in, well, Dave Matter announced yesterday that he's no longer going to be with STL Today, aka the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Does this mean that that particular organization is dropping their Mizzou sports coverage? Well, you know what? Let's talk about that and the future of this business that I am now a part of as well. But first, I want to tell you that this episode of Locked on Mizzou is brought to you by BetterHelp. And sometimes in life when you're dealing with decisions, whether it's around your career, your relationships, well, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life decisions so you can move forward with confidence and with excitement. And I'll just tell you, obviously, the last few years, I think people have gotten a lot more isolated. And I just think a collaborative approach to any type of decision making, just helping, helping you talk things out at the very least. Well, I think that, in my opinion, is one of the most important and helpful aspects Of therapy, I really do. So, if you're interested, visit BetterHelp.com/slash locked on college today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com/slash locked on college. Let's say we Missouri fans have been pretty lucky over the years to have Dave Matter as a part of the Mizzou beat. And well, fortunately, even though Dave announced that he's no longer going to be covering the beat for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, he is going to be covering the Tigers in, in some capacity or another. If he, if he's, I don't think he's announced what his next venture is going to be. If I miss that, apologies. I don't believe that I have. I just checked my, my X feed. Nothing popped up. So regardless, though, I think Dave's going to be around the beat. But Interestingly to me, though, how does this exactly help the St. Louis Post-Dispatch? What is the strategy here? That's my question, because if, as a lot of people have speculated, well, they're just going to drop Missouri sports coverage now, boy, I would think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to cancel their subscriptions, their online subscriptions now who, who live outside of Saint Louis, who might be interested in in matters reporting, I, I just can't believe that this is going to be a plus for the readers or indeed their subscription numbers. I, I just don't understand the strategy here. But to be fair, I haven't understood much about the newspaper strategy over the last fifteen or twenty years or so. And you know, I had a pretty good first-hand account of how all this went down. To be honest, I entered I entered college at Missouri, of course. 2001. That's this is right about the time. My, my time at Missouri, J School, of course, graduated 2005. That's really right at kind of the time when newspapers turned from being the biggest thing in the world, the, the most important news source there was, to suddenly, oh, we're just going to put all of our stuff online for free. And well, I guess that'll somehow work out in the long run, except The strategy was sort of like in South Park. Have you guys ever seen the underpants gnomes, that meme? Well, step one is collect underpants. Step two is, uh, we don't have a step two, but step three is profit. That kind of seems like what we're doing. In the newspaper industry, it's almost we like we're in a life raft at this point. We know that we're going to die, but we at least have some rations. So if we just keep making these crackers, if we just keep cutting these crackers in half and actually eat half as many rations as we did the previous day. You know what? We can make it a little bit longer. And while that may be true, that's not that's that's a that's not a long term strategy is my point because all it seems like the newspaper business is doing. Certainly the Columbia Tribune is guilty of this as well. It's not just the post dispatch, but hey, let's cut back costs. That's all we can do. Well our subscriptions keep keep tumbling. Let's not figure out a way to provide more value for our readers. No, let's just keep drop let's just keep cutting staff, keep cutting reporters, hire younger and younger people who are willing to work for not very much, and by the way, how are any of these people ever going to have a career if when they start to get good, oh, you're 28 and you want to raise App, you're fired. We're going to hire some new 22-year-old now. How is this a sustainable plan for an industry? Honestly, the whole newspaper thing, it just needs to die. It all just needs to go away. All these giant corporations who are trying to keep making it a thing or making it happen I really don't understand what the strategy here is, other than, again, just trying to stay alive on the life raft for another couple days, because long-term, what is the strategy here? How are they going to make money? Well, in theory, they would make money by providing their readers with value, providing them with information that they can't get anywhere else. Well, the days of the newspaper, physical newspaper, is obviously done, and this whole this whole industry never figured out that, gee, maybe giving away something for free that people used to pay for, yeah, and then trying to make them, then put that toothpaste back in the, in the tube there and, and make them pay for it again. It's just madness. It was never going to work. And all of these people who, when I was in J school, acted like, well, you know, newspapers, it's so important. We don't need to worry about making money. Well, they're sure as heck worried about it now, aren't they? And at the absolute expense of journalism sorry you guys should have been actually looking at profit a little bit earlier than this I think it's too late now but you know what it's never too late to be a subscriber to locked on Mizzou how about that for a beautiful transition but seriously folks thanks for telling a friend that of course free everywhere you get audio podcasts on YouTube but you know what I prefer I prefer audio and I think you'll prefer audio as well you don't need to see my face know the magic of your brain that's all you really need but hey thanks as always for listening and i'll see you friday right here on locked on mizzou